Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, it's Thursday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and welcome to another episode of Be Unique's Unscripted, where we talk to artists, musicians, performers, and business professionals. My name is Tony Taylor, I'll be your host for this evening. You know, you could spend your Thursday nights anywhere, and we are excited you're spending it with us. The conversation is cool, it's calm, and it's casual. You can also be a part of the conversation by dialing 516-418-5651. Now, before we begin, let's talk about why you need to get on your phone and go to BeUnique.org. That's B-U-N-E-K-E.org. Here's what Be Unique is all about. Our mission is to work today to change tomorrow using digital mediums to connect the world with professional storytelling and media production. We work to educate, inspire, and foster positivity and creativity worldwide through video, audio, and a spectacular literary magazine featuring writers from around the world. The newest Be Unique magazine is out right now, and you can read it online along with Be Unique Brevard magazine, the Space Coast premiere magazine. Be Unique is also a media powerhouse. Not only do you get this incredible podcast hosted by me, Tony Taylor, but 11 other shows. So sit back, get comfortable, and get ready to dial 516-418-5651 with your questions, comments, and whatever else you may want to say. Let's meet our guest. Good evening, everybody. It is Thursday night. It is 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. You're listening to Unscripted with Tony Taylor. My guest tonight, I am honored and privileged to have Miss Ying Lu. She's originally from Beijing. Miss Liu relocated to the U.S. in 1997. Despite having an engineering degree, her first career was teaching Chinese at Hamilton College. She pursued an MBA in supply chain and finance at Michigan State before joining Apple in 2000, where she played a pivotal role in diverse positions from materials management to corporate social responsibility. Among her most notable achievements was establishing Apple's procurement operations in China in 2004. She was instrumental in expanding Apple's footprint in the region, laying the groundwork for its dominance in the mobile phone market. Returning to the U.S. in 2007, Ying shifted focus to product operations and supplier responsibility at Apple. Her expertise covered various manufacturing processes, enriching her industry knowledge. And as a mother, she sought more than her accomplishments at Apple. She ventured into entrepreneurship, starting with travel planning software. Her passion for sustainability was ignited while researching eco-friendly packaging, leading her to witness the environmental impacts of plastic waste firsthand. This experience led to the creation of Blue Lake Packaging, a company dedicated to providing recyclable plant fiber-based alternatives to traditionally plastic-dominated industrial packaging solutions and household products. Good evening, Ms. Liu. How are you? Oh, good evening. Hi, how are you? <laughs> I am fantastic. Japan. <laughs> I hope I got everything yeah, right. Yeah, I'm following you, Japan. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're perfect. Thank you so much for the fantastic introduction. Yeah. Oh, I hope you, you can are... hear me okay. I'm... Oh, you oh, you are very welcome. You are very welcome. And let me tell you, it is an honor and a privilege to have you on the show tonight. I really appreciate you taking your time. Um, okay, well, let's, let's just jump right into it, shall we? Let's talk about your beginnings growing oh, sure. up. Yeah. Let's talk about your yeah, beginnings growing um, up. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think you made a fantastic introduction. And, uh, yeah, I started the Blue Lake Packaging uh, about uh, almost four years ago. And uh, um, I was so worried about the plastic waste. I visited two material recovery facilities in Bay Area, and I was absolutely shocked to find out, like, uh, you know, all this uh, plastic waste that are being sorted or actually are not able to be sorted um, right. for the most part and uh, have to be transported to landfill, which is very close to the Beaufort Beach, Hafen Bay, uh, right. a very popular spot in the Bay Area. So that was the beginning of my journey now. Hey, uh, Ms. Lou, may I call you Ying? Yeah, please call me Ying, yes. Okay, Ying. Um, let's talk about, let's go back, let's rewind the clock a little bit, and let's talk about your mm-hmm. time at Apple. Can you describe your role <laughs> at Apple? Um, well, I'm afraid we won't have enough time, but anyway, I'll keep the long story <laughs> short. Uh, <laughs> can, you give it to, can you give it to me in a nutshell? <laughs> Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, uh, just as you mentioned, I started, I graduated from Michigan State uh, with my MBA in finance and the supply chain. I joined Apple in the year 2000. Um, I started as a materials manager. So for those people who are not familiar with the term, uh, I basically do all the kind of materials pipeline, uh, making sure that, you know, the company will have enough materials to support productions you know, uh, at that time in their own factory as well as with OEM factories. Uh, And also I did uh, forecast and planning uh, for products. And uh, I did a procurement, basically, uh, finding land discovery uh, suppliers uh, that will be able to meet the Apple standard, be able to scale uh, to the requirement of Apple. Um, I was the very first expatriate, as I mentioned, uh, to from Cupertino, California, to uh, Shanghai to start uh, the oh, Apple wow. uh, China procurement operations. Yeah, there was no office, no employee. I was literally using my credit card to buy the very first. Uh, box of pens and uh, the first printer <laughs> um, for the Apple office. <laughs> yeah, and uh, fast forward, I returned to Cupertino uh, to start a uh, product operations role, basically managing manufacturing quality, uh, testing uh, for iPods for a number of years, and also I had added responsibility uh, we call it a supplier responsibility, basically managing suppliers, making sure they are compliant and they're doing above and beyond for labor human rights, workplace safety, uh, environment, um, you know, putting their effort in uh, protecting the environment uh, and wow. also educating their employees. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was kind of uh, about it. <laughs> you know, you know, Ying, you're, you're much too modest. Um, from what I've read, researched, um, when you got to China, there was literally nothing there with Apple. In fact, uh, you had to literally, on the first day, am I correct, you had to go out and buy pens and pencils and notepads? 
<laughs> Correct. And there was no uh, office, and I interview employees in coffee shops or my hotel <laughs> lobby and things like that. <laughs> That's and amazing. I have another. Yeah, and I have another interesting story because that was like sure. uh, back in 2004, beginning of uh, 2004. It's almost 20 years ago, believe it or not. Right. And I what's know. interesting was uh, there were just some um, factory, just starting to have some factories uh, making Apple products. And uh, uh, I went to one factory. I, I drove, you know, a car by myself, and uh, uh, they asked me where I'm from, and I said I'm representing Apple. Uh, so the the security guard at gate asking me to open the trunk and say, "Hey, like, open your, go open your trunk." I was puzzled. I thought, like, what? And then when I opened, they actually said, "Oh, where are your where are your apples?" You know, they thought like I was selling apples. <laughs> Yeah, so as you can imagine, 20 years ago, Apple wasn't as well-known as uh, today. <laughs> oh, I'm sure Steve Jobs appreciated that. I'll tell you. Uh, that is funny. That is yeah. funny. Where are yeah. your apples? Kind of like they're the same place where my printer is. Uh, you know? yeah. yeah. I have to go exactly. buy it. I have to go buy it. Yeah, because, they, I mean, never, they never heard of the company, you know. <laughs> The two standout companies at the time, right, was Motorola. Motorola was over there. Yeah, and, uh, absolutely. Yeah, Motorola and Nokia were the dominant, Nokia. you know, brands in the wow. in the market for electronic, for phones and things like that. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, let's let's jump right into this and uh, your current endeavor, which is of course Blue Lake Packaging. Uh, it, it's a company dedicated to, and I quote. Uh, providing recyclable plant fiber-based alternatives to traditionally plastic-dominated industrial packaging. Um, first, let's talk. Well, first, let's talk about plastic for a moment because I, I don't think uh, I, I don't think enough of our listeners understand plastic's impact on our world. Um, I think uh, humans produce what about 300 million tons of plastic each year. Is that correct? Um, well, unfortunately, it's actually more than that. It's close to 500 million now. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's actually the, the weight of the, the plastics produced uh, every year has already uh, weighed more than the, the, the weight of the entire probably human beings, all the, the, the bodies wow. in the world. <laughs> you are And it's actually... Me. Well, it's actually the worst part is it grows very fast. So the statistic, the, the OECD, I think that's the United Nations Economic Development Office, projected that it's going to be tripled by oh 2060. So it's going, no. yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, can you imagine? Like, I think the worst part is not only the, the production part, you know, how much pollution may generate, but also how we're going to deal with all this plastic waste. Uh, because um, actually half of this um, plastics are used only once um, and uh, landed, you know, vast majority will be landed in landfill. Um, so wow. can you imagine, like, you know, 30 years down the road are, you know, I don't know, you know, whether or not my kids will be able to have access to clean water, clean soil, and right, all our right. food, food chain will grow upon, you know, yeah. Right. 
And, and you know, it's, it's funny, you know, recycling plastic is always brought up as a solution, but from what I understand, only 9% of all plastic waste ends up in, in being recycled and the rest goes into landfills and nature, correct? Yeah, you're absolutely right. Actually, uh, according to the statistics uh, published by EPA, uh, even before pandemic, there was only less than 9%. Uh, for those of less you know, people who are wow. familiar, yeah, nice lesson, but during pandemic, it got a lot less. According to Greenpeace, uh, they said it's less than 5% now. Um, and, uh, you know, also probably people may not be aware if they look at the labels on those plastic products, uh, shows from number one to number seven, but the only number one and number two are actually being recycled because, oh. the, because of the material characteristics and also the facility capabilities. Uh, the rest of the plastics are not either not capable of being recycled or not being recycled due to the limitation of the facilities. Yeah. Now, you encountered this reality about three or four years ago. How did you start getting involved in the, uh, in the recycling of plastics? Yeah, that's a very good question. Um, about four years ago, I started thinking about what would be my next journey. And I got a call from a friend of mine who actually uh, knew me um, that I'm quite familiar with the supply chain and had experience in that. So uh, they want to have some, uh, they're looking for a packaging solution. They wonder if I can give them some referrals. So I thought, like, oh, packaging. Yeah, to be honest with you, throughout my career, I've been to hundreds of factories, you know, um, all kinds of factories, as you can imagine, semiconductor, the supply, you know, sheet metal, you know, plastic, um, battery, anything. (laughs) But not, well, I've only been to packaging factories once or twice because they're not really always on my radar, radar screen. You know, they're not... The, the production gating items um, or very, very, very rarely. Um, so, um, but then I said, okay, you're looking for a packing solution. I thought that would be easy. You know, there are box makers everywhere, I'm sure. So let me right. look at this because they have some particular physical requirement, the physical meaning uh, functional requirement for the packaging. Um, so I visited probably 20 factories, anywhere from paper mills to equipment suppliers to, you know, paper bag vendors, paper bag um, equipment vendors and things like that. Um, and I couldn't really find a solution that's integrated and designed for the environment because most right. of those packaging factories have been, you know, very traditional. They're either you know, printers or they're just making corrugated boxes or, sure. as I said, they're paper mills. They're just paper, paper making. Um, so I thought, like, oh, wait a second. I know there are so many technologies in the biomass and in the biomaterials, but why don't people, you know, take advantage of those technologies and scale them sure. to, um, to turn, you know, into packaging solutions? Um, so that's how I started the journey as well, because I felt like my expertise and background, as you can imagine, is really to scale, to turn the technology into products and production. Sure, certainly, certainly. And, and, and what, what did you – now, let me ask you this. When you were in China when this was asked of you, correct? 
I was actually in the U.S. at the time. It was oh, after okay. Apple. Okay. So I was in the U.S. Somebody knew, like, I have an extensive network in China, so they asked me about if I can give them some supplier names uh, they can work with. So I thought that would be easy, but it turned out to be not that easy. <laughs> now, you, now, you also visited um, a lot of uh, recycling centers in the U.S., Correct. Um, Correct. What did you What yeah. did you find with those recycling centers? That was, I have to say, that made me depressed. <laughs> that was something oh, okay. that I still think about every day after four years. That was kind of my motivation, because as you can imagine, I live in the Bay Area. That's supposed right. like considered to be the center of technology. You know, sure. um, Silicon Valley world right. look to. Yeah, the whole world looked to Silicon Valley right. for new ideas, new technologies. You know, I really talk about AI, talk about self-driving cars, about all this kind of uh, very techy stuff. But when I visited the two uh, predominant, uh, they call it MERV, material recovery facilities, one close to San Francisco airport, the other one is in San Jose, um, that wasn't that high tech, I have to say. It wasn't, you know, as probably an ordinary people would imagine. They were just conveyors um, in the in the facility. You know, even when I got off the car, I can smell it. I can smell the trash, you know, oh, just uh, from a few hundred yards away. And uh, when I get into the facility, we, you know, we have to wear a mask. And, uh, you know, they're just uh, people standing next to the conveyor. The conveyor try to sort out you know, think about all our could you, uh, could household you not, trash. Yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt. Could you not, you had to wear a mask. Hmm. Could you not breathe there or? The smell, yeah, the smell is really strong, I have to say. As you can uh, imagine, it makes it with your food waste, you know, mix it with your, you know, the bottles and then all kinds of wrappers and uh, all kinds of things. You know, they're, you know, the, the strong rotten smell is right. just, uh, you know, haunting me. <laughs> I can imagine. Nowadays, yeah. But then people have to, like those equipment are designed to sort out, you know, uh, among the metals, among the plastics, and then the food waste, and then they're, like a plastic, you know, wraps it like basically got stunkled, uh, strangled into the machine. It just won't be able to get off, and so they have to stop the machine to take out, you know, um, the the wraps and things like that. You know, oh. this plastic bags. Yeah. It was just a not a, a positive experience, I have to say. No. No, and I can see why this sprang you into action. Um, now, how did you how did you begin laying the groundwork for Blue Lake Packaging? I mean, did you talk to business partners or did you or people who had a background with biomass materials? Yes, yes, you got it. So basically, I started thinking about you know if I want to solve the solution, where should I start? Uh, because I came from the manufacturing background, you know, I think I yes. uh, probably can put a, a, a production plan together, but I need to find, you know, first of all, the, the, the problem is huge. You know, there's so many different applications that we can potentially tackle, but on the other side, I need to have, as a startup, I need to have my first step. So I right. thought about, you know, I'm familiar with the electronics industry. I'm familiar with the supply chain. So I started thinking about, you know, we need to have like a ESD, the uh, the static 
you know, uh, the electrostatic probably solutions. And we'll talk uh, about that currently, all of those, yeah, all of those are being made of plastic uh, and also the cushioning material, like, you know, styrofoams. Those are right. definitely made of uh, plastic. And then uh, I started thinking about those solutions. Um, I visited uh, quite a number of university labs and I research. I read tons of papers, like <laughs> research papers myself. We have a drive in my company that, you know, accumulate all the research papers. Like, right, uh, right. So we stay, yeah. And also I was very fortunate. I was introduced to um, uh, the brother of a, a friend of a friend of mine, and he happened to have exactly as you said uh, the biomass background. He uh, used to work for paper mills, and he's very familiar with polymer, which is a plastic industry as well. And also, he has been an entrepreneur himself for the past ten years. So it's all like, oh, bingo, you know. So we started oh, working right. together. Because yeah, he has the shared passion for the environment. So we uh, basically partnered together. Yeah. Wow. Now, speaking of, speaking of that, um, where then does Blue Lake Packaging get its, its uh, biorenewable uh, materials? Mm-hmm. Um, actually, the materials itself, there are uh, definitely quite a number of uh, manufacturing uh, uh, probably base, I would call, like a region. Uh, if you think about that, people may not be aware, like U.S. has been one of the largest, if not the largest, uh, export of pulp, wood pulp. Um, and also Brazil and the Nordic countries, like Finland, Norway, you know, uh, those countries are also, uh, has ample capacity for wood pulp or biomass sources. Uh, but currently, uh, given my kind of my familiarity of supply chain in China, uh, we set up our first facility in China close to Shanghai area, like uh, our east of Shanghai, uh, to start our experiment by taking advantage of the local talent and uh, relatively oh, okay. inexpensive okay. manufacturing capabilities. Yeah. Okay. Well, now, now you also have your sights set on repurposing agricultural waste as well. Am I correct on that? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. We how would that work? You know. Yeah, how would that work? Well, how yes. would that work? Yeah, because basically our raw materials. If you look at this, it probably doesn't matter. You know, if that's wood or that's bamboo or sugar cane, it's really all about the fiber that we derived, uh, deprived from the um, uh, from the uh, raw material from the plants. Um, so um, basically, we utilize whatever you know uh, the pulp that could you know make economic sense. Um, like for instance, right now the wood pulp is relatively inexpensive. Um, there are also bamboo pulps. Uh, that oh, we utilize okay. in some of our uh, products. Yeah, for the pulp, they have actually there's so many different species of plants that we can utilize. But then we look at the material itself in terms of the physical, we call it physical properties, uh, like the strength, the thickness, and things like that to compound our formula, material formula. Yeah. Wow. Can you describe the similarities then uh, to plastic? And uh, the Lucerne uh, TM fiber film, and, and, the, and uh-huh. the difference. 
Yeah, well, um, the the Lucerne film is actually made of like wood pulp and cotton pulp. Um, oh, that's okay. we utilize that material uh, to build an application on top of that. For instance, we can make bags, we can make protective film. Um, there, um, you know, people may not be aware. Like in order to make um, devices, like you know, computers or phones, there are a lot of protective films that are used in the factory um, and in the past those are all plastics um, and uh, right now we're actually scaling that in order to replace plastics uh, in the manufacturing processes. Well um, can you talk about the, um, the difference between um, plastic and your lucerne fiber film in that uh, the way it um, mm-hmm. The way it, uh, the biodegradable ability of it. Um, I, yeah. I think from what I yeah. read, it takes what three months for yours to to yeah. dissolve. Can you yeah, talk more you're, about you're that? You're so good. You 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 did your homework. You know, I've been I'm so studying glad to hear that. <laughs> yeah, thank you, thank you. Yeah, uh, I like that. Um, so uh, the similarity from the surface, as you can see, is all transparent. Uh, it has some physical strength, uh, which is similar uh, to plastic. Of course, you know, it's probably. Right. In terms of physical strength, it's probably more like a, a paper, uh, and uh, but but uh, the transparency is about the same. Uh, but in terms of, um, um, I think uh, uh, when it comes to uh, other type of uh, properties, this is definitely biodegradable because it's made of um, uh, uh, plant-based material, and. Uh, um, yeah, so we did the experiment ourselves and also for the raw materials, so we have certificate from Europe, um, like, you know, to prove this is biodegradable. Um, and uh, we can uh, make applications on top of that uh, to the uh, similar applications, you know, with plastic material. Yes. That is amazing. Now, I'm going to ask this right off the cuff, and I'm probably putting you on the spot. Do you see your product? being able to replace plastic in the future? Um, to a certain degree. I Again, I this is the way how I look at this. Um, because of what we're uh, trying to accomplish is really trying to develop meaningful alternatives to plastics right. um, in, in terms of both functionality and affordability. Right. Um, given the history of you know, uh, the development of all this uh, polymer materials, you know, the, the scalability today, if you look at any of these plastic factories, they're humongous, you know. So that makes sure. the plastic so cheap to use. Right. Uh, but for us, I think we're in process, of, you know, startup, we're in process of making our own unique. I like, you know, <laughs> be unique. <laughs> so I... No, uh, I, absolutely, no. U- yeah, we're making some unique applications that other uh, paper mills or uh, biomass um, probably companies are now making. Uh, so that's yeah. how we can um, basically grow our business. Um, and then back to your question about whether or not this can be a complete replacement, um, my short answer is no. Um, okay. There are definitely some differences because people, like a lot of people looking for waterproof, 
function. You know, like plastic right. is so perfect for that. Um, sure. But for biomass material, we're still in process of developing a 100% formula for waterproof uh, because that itself is not that easy to accomplish. Well, and also uh, for mm-hmm. – go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, and then another feature, because I just talked about the challenges for biomass material. So one is waterproof, waterproofness, and then second is uh, we call it thermal forming. Uh, for um, the thermal performance for plastic, as you can imagine, you probably heard the word injection molding or you know um, all this kind of uh, technology, like a method, manufacturing methods to right. form um, the um, the plastic. Um, but the, for uh, biomass material, it's not that easy to do that, um, giving the completely different structure inside of the material. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so that could be another challenge, like how you use, you know, biomass um, right. to form whatever shapes you like. You know, they're definitely uh, molded fiber technology, uh, but they consume a lot of energy and water. Um, so that's kind of uh, uh, definitely there are some, some progress in that area. But on the other side, we're really looking at the way how we look at this is, you know, I, as a supply chain person, I always look at input, output. And then in right. between is the process. So for the input, we use all the uh, biomass, plant-based fiber. And then for the output, those will be biodegradable, uh, recyclable with paper, or backyard composable. Wow. So those are three uh, probably independent criteria. People always got confused with three, but sometimes those have to be independent. Uh, it, you know, you can't accomplish all, I just have to say. And then in terms of the manufacturing processes, you know, all the additives, you know, energy efficiency that need to be kind of um, environmentally friendly as well. So we put a really very stringent criteria for our products and our design. You know. You know, I'm just thinking about all of the tons of waste you guys can actually eliminate with your product. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you obviously see a market opportunity with this, and that and that is great. Uh, do you see any of the other p- uh, packaging companies following suit? Um, I think there well, there are definitely a lot of packaging companies I know, like uh, in Nordic countries and other places. Uh, they are working on the biomass in order to accomplish the kind of physical properties and functionalities that the, the traditional packaging would not do with the bio uh, materials. Uh, but on the other side, we also see their uh, companies, you know, um, are basically ignoring this and they continue expanding their uh, plastic <laughs> plastic manufacturing factories and things like that. Um, so I think that, you know, it's almost like in a competition right now. Um, I think the key to, to success uh, will be um, one is the, the scalability, meaning like only if we can scale, we'll be able to keep the cost low. And then second is the functionality. You know, people right, definitely, right, right. Like, I saw more, there's a growing population that people are more and more um, aware of the plastic waste challenge, the climate, you know, uh, emission challenge and things like that. Uh, but on the other side, people would look at, you know, if the the environmental friendly products is, you know, twice right. as much 
it cost um, than the plastic version of that. You know, sometimes people would rather to choose the cheaper one. So I think that for us, like we're not only advocate for the uh, environment, but also we, as the manufacturers, as the technology innovators, we also need to, you know, really innovate for not only the environment but also for affordability as well. I love this. I I, I really do. I think this is absolutely amazing. Um, and I and you stole my thunder because my my other question was going to be. Do you see more in the workplace environment more concern about the environment? I mean, is this a real thing that's happening? Are you on the cusp of a wave of a change of mind in packaging production? Um, yeah, I think there are definitely like the brands and the big names and a lot of uh, uh, companies are uh, really seeking for more environmentally friendly solutions for their right. product. Um, right. As I said, I think the mindset, you know, like let, let me give you a very uh, simple example. Like uh, we are part sure. of the, uh, we call the uh, Sustainable Packaging Coalition. It's an organization that includes researchers, brands, and uh, uh, startups, and all kinds of companies that focus on sustainable packaging. Um, probably four years ago when I attended my very first uh, conference uh, with them, there may be only a couple hundred people, as I can imagine. And then uh, last year, uh, I attended another one. There were probably seven, 800 people, I, I would believe. Um, so they're like just as, as you can see, those are all in, people from industries. So as you can imagine, you just said like over the past three, four years, um, like people or companies are paying more and more attention uh, sure. to yeah. use uh, yeah, sustainable packaging. And of course, you know, what's called sustainable, sustainable packaging may vary. The definition of sustainable packaging may vary from company to company. Um, but on the other side, uh, I think there are a lot of people are more than willing to be educated now um, than probably three, four years ago, I would say. That's great. Now, the reason I asked about replacing plastic was, I mean, you with with Blue Lake Packaging, you guys not only have your sights set on packaging, but you're also looking into alternatives within the auto industry. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, I think uh, uh, you you said uh, on the sorry, I I just have a quick breakdown. What what industry? The auto industry, the automobile industry. Oh, oh, automobile industry. Yeah, actually, we're uh, making samples for some very well-known brands uh, because they have, you know, so many different applications. Uh, they ship parts from all over the world to assembly factories, and uh, they have some uh, unique criteria for unique criteria for that. So, um, um, so we're actually providing. Um, very meaningful samples made of all plant fibers to them, and they're wow. happy, you know, with that. that. But as you can imagine, although industry is, you know, not as fast as you know making electronics, and sometimes you know, sure. so uh, I think they're seriously considering uh, making the switch to more sustainable packaging uh, materials. Yeah. Sure, and you were talking about electrics. You said uh, you're probably involved. No, you are involved with actually. Um, using a recycling idea with electrostatic discharge protective packaging. Is that correct? Yes, yes. 
Yeah. So we we have two kinds of solutions. One is uh, like a paper based. Uh, the other one is we call it uh, cellulose film based. So the paper based is more translucent, and then the cellulose film uh, that would be transparent. Yeah. That is amazing. That is amazing. Um, we're going to take a really quick break, if you don't mind, Miss Lou. We're going to take a quick break, and then we will be back to discuss more about uh, Blue Lake. And uh, appreciate you standing by. And uh, just give me a couple mm-hmm. of minutes to pay some bills. And uh, we'll be right back Thank with you. Ying Lu, uh, the, pre- the founder, actually, of Blue Lake Packaging, a completely re- uh, recyclable fiber-based alternative to traditional plastic-dominated industrial packaging. We'll be right back with Ms. Lynn. Pay Unique works to change the world for a better tomorrow, using digital mediums to connect the dots of the world through professional storytelling. We have all-embracing, all-inclusive heart, and are always learning to... This is Martin Strain with Be Unique Magazine. A bird's chorus breaks the silence of dawn. Waves of sunshine pour from the blue sky through your bedroom window. Eyes flutter as you wake from your bed, your cotton pajamas warming you from the morning chill. The scent of warm, hot java fills the house while you stand on your porch looking out into the neighborhood. Beyond your emerald grass and white picket fence, your neighbor mows his grass and waves. Blue skies, green grass, and apple pie are images that evoke the American dream. Something many... Thanks for listening. And remember, the best way to be unique is to just be you. Have you ever read a web article on the internet that really spoke to you? No, I mean really spoke to you. Well, let me tell you about Newsly. Newsly is the new and incredible audio app made especially for iOS and Android. Newsly picks up web articles about the most trending topics throughout the entire Internet. And at any given moment, Newsly reads those web articles to you in a natural human voice. Browse your favorite articles from topics you choose. Stop scrolling, start playing, start listening, and start learning. And Newsly has podcasts as well. Explore trending podcasts from over 40 countries. Our podcasts, Unscripted, Coffee, Candy, and Creative, and On Demand are there too. Go to www.newsly.me to download and use Newsly for free now. And if you use promo code BEUNIQUERADIO, all one word and with caps, receive a one-month free premium description. For the first time in the history of the Internet, the web becomes listenable. Listen and learn with Newsly. All right, we are back. It is unscripted, and in our last few, I'm with Miss Ying Lu. She is the founder of Blue Lake Packaging, a company dedicated to providing recyclable plant fiber-based alternatives to traditionally plastic-dominated industrial packaging solutions and household products. Now, in this last few minutes with our show, Miss Lu, I wanted to ask you something I, I thought was particularly very interesting. Um, you how how do you uh, balance how do you balance with all that's going on how do you balance parenthood and entrepreneurship 
because I think your da- your, 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 your children mean so much to you. In fact, they are the spur to this endeavor that you're, uh, you're doing. I mean, how, how do you balance that? Uh, that's a very good question. Um, I don't know if you you, have, you noticed, like I mentioned at the very beginning, uh, I'm actually traveling Japan right now. So uh, my husband and I took the kids uh, somewhere, you know, pretty much every vacation we can get when the school is off. Um, but I sort of work from anywhere. Um, so I feel like I, I need the family bonding time um whenever I can, but at the same right. time, you know, I have a, a business and I have employees, like I have a company or I have a mission <laughs> to accomplish. Um, so, yeah, so I think it, to your question about how to balance, um, a lot of times it's really all about planning and then right. and right. also priority and a commitment. I, I'm a person that I believe uh, there's a will, there's a way. So yeah. if this is something like I want to balance then I will figure it out. For instance, you know, when we travel or even when I was home, I tried to um, attend my kids' sport games and, uh, you know, be with them for their right. extracurriculars. Or actually I was a PTA chair for three years uh, for my children's school during pandemic. Where did you find where did you find the time? I need to talk to you about time management because that is amazing. You're doing all these incredible things and, and you are the PTA. You said you were the PTA president. Yeah. Is that what you yeah. Said? For three years. Where did you find the time? Oh man. Three years. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think the most, I'm a very, uh, I'm a person that I like to focus on productivity and efficiency. Right. Um, so while I'm, you know, traveling or I'm with my kids, um, I actually, my brain would still be thinking about some of the issues I deal with at work, you know? Um, so, um, so I feel like, you know, I like to, 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 to do multitasking and things like that. Um, so, uh, and also I like to plan, you know, I like to, um, really, uh, Believe it or not, like in my family, everybody has a our own calendar, and then we have a shared sure. family calendar. So, so I like to put everything on the calendar, and then really I kind of do my uh, to do list at the beginning of the day, every day. So I, you know, pick the most important things um, that I need to accomplish in each day. So I basically feel like you know it's a little bit planning. There's a little bit. Um, prioritizing, um, and also um, I feel like if I accomplish the, you know, three important things in a day, I feel satisfied. <laughs> but I so love, but give, I love the you know, fact, yourself you know, too much pressure. I love the fact, though, that you, you, you really factor in as an important issue, your family. And I think you're thinking about what you're doing with plastic and how you're, you're working with the environment says a lot about how you feel about your children. That's a, really my motivation right now. I feel like I know I a lot tell. of Asian families or even, you know, all the families probably they prioritize education. They want to give their kids the best education, right. um, you know, extracurricular and uh, all this kind of thing and uh, even take them, you know, to see the world. But I sure. feel like as a parent, uh, what I wanted to do 
you know, when I think about this is, of course, I, I love my kids. I have my very first child at the age of 37, and then my wow. second one at 41. So I wow. feel like, you know, I've been very lucky <laughs> to have kids. So I yes. better, you know, and that was part of the reason why I left Apple, because I won't be able to spend more time with them. Right. Um, right. And uh, so I feel like, uh, in addition to give them sort of the education part and the you know, to see the the world and build their perspectives. I also want to give them hopes that Hope. even an auditory parent like myself, that I can help and contribute to a solution that may have an impact, you know, on the society and on the world. So that's kind of the thing I want to give them. I don't want them to just think like when we're traveling that, you know, it's all about this. I want them not take everything for granted. I want them to really wow. see you know, there, there are problems, there are issues and challenges in the world everywhere. However, you know, mom, dad, you know, we are just, a, you know, ordinary people. Like, we can be creative, we can roll over our sleeves, and we can get some things done and make a difference. Well, you know, not only a fantastic entrepreneur, but a wonderful mother. That is that is amazing. Ms. Um, Lee, in our last few minutes, can you tell me where you think you'll be or where Blue Lake is going to be or what your goals are for the next five years? Um, for the next five years, we definitely, we're um, actually just uh, forming some partnership with big brands and uh, manufacturers. You know, as I said, there are more and more manufacturers are making commitments uh, for uh, sustainable packaging and for uh, their uh, environmental and uh, social responsibilities. Uh, so I do see, I think, uh, Blue Lake will grow uh, by making a lot more our own products. Uh, so not only in packaging, but also household products. I think one thing I do want to mention at the end of the show is we also have a brand called Blue Lake Eco Life. Just because okay. I have kids at the school, I'm so tired of you know, plastic school supplies, so we're making a portfolio of products uh, in school supplies and uh, like plastic free school supplies right. and things like that. And we continue to build that pipeline. And just most recently, we launched our tape product. It's a, a plastic-free tape and dispenser. So if oh, people okay. go to bluelakeecolife.com, bluelakeecolife.com, as one word, dot .com, uh, okay. they will be able to see our school supply products. Um, and I think oh, that people, is amazing. Well, I hope people will appreciate, you know, um, as a passion project. <laughs> that, uh, no, that is, as you that said, you know, what, how much time you have, but this is also kind of part of my passion, like not only making industrial solutions, but also I want to make products that will impact daily life of ordinary people. Are there any other ways that people who are interested, my listeners who are listening right now, can contact you um, with Blue Lake? Is it that one yeah, website or is there more uh, yeah, avenues? Yeah, yeah, both the website, you know, both the bluelakepackaging.com or bluelakeecolive.com that has our contact info or people okay. who want to reach, reach me, they can send an email to yliu just as one word, Y-L-I-U, at bluelakepackaging.com. Yeah. I would love to, yeah. you know, get connected with people. We're finding on LinkedIn, you know, I'm 
you know, I, I, I cannot say I check every day, but I check, you know, probably two, three times a week. <laughs> uh, I'm not quite a social media person, but I, I can stay up with all this. <laughs> that, that's well, where I don't have time for, to be honest with you. <laughs> oh, that's fine. Well, well listen, Miss Liu Ying, I, I want to thank you so much for being on the show this evening. Um, I know a lot of my listeners right now will be contacting you because we are environmentally concerned about what's going on with the planet. And you seem to be one of those people right now that are spearheading not, not just a change, but a transformation. And um, we really appreciate that. And we really appreciate what you're doing. So uh, I just wanted to thank you and, uh, I hope you'll join us again on another evening. We can talk more about Blue Light, Blue Lake Packaging. And uh, thank you for being on the show. Oh, thank you so much. It's been an honor. And I love all your questions and your efforts in making our world better for future generations. Thank you very much. Well, thank you so much. And uh, have a great evening. And that's about it, everybody, for Unscripted for this Thursday night. Um, I hope you will join us again. And we will be here next Thursday, 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Thank you so much. And Miss Lou, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. Good night. Good night.